Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Match Ball. Hello there and welcome to The Match Ball. Leeds 3, Middlesbrough 2, Dan Michael Moscow eh, to celebrate another three points for Leeds United. The Mighty Mighty Whites, unbeaten in the all-white kit, in a show brought to you by Levi Solicitors, who will offer you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. What do you make of that then, gentlemen? I felt like it was a it was for a neutral, probably a very entertaining game. Being immersed in it inside Ellen Road, not so comfortable, but it was a very good game nonetheless, wasn't it? End-to-end stuff. I did enjoy it. Certainly the first half was Hugely entertaining. Um, second half, yeah, I was stressed. I was mainly just stressed by it. What stressed you out? Not being more comfortably in the lead, because it felt like we had the ability to be, but we just kept, we just kept not scoring. And then there was that bit where I still don't really know what happened, but they seemed to break and it hit the someone on the line and the bar and the keeper. And it's exciting, though, isn't it? It was exciting. It was thrilling. I knew I was alive. I was, I was just going to say those are the exact words I said to Tom, who's the guy who just sits across the aisle to me. I went, Tom, don't you know you're alive? And when that just happened and he just rolled his eyes at me. Yeah, it was very stressful. Um, and I felt like the goals we did concede, we gave them a bit easily. Did we? Uh, yeah, everybody, the corners that they scored were just before half time, wasn't it? Everybody looked very disappointed with each other. Mm. So I don't know who was necessarily <laughs> to blame, I think. There, uh, the guy who edited it in had jumped in front of Sam Byram and then I think that I, obviously Melia wasn't expecting that and they were kind of looking at each other and other people were kind of looking despairing. So all this bit of a mess. Mm. And yeah, Melia should have saved the opener as well, shouldn't he? Probably, but then all sorts seems to be going on with that. It seems like we, we can't get out of the habit at the moment of conceding straight after the, the game starts and just before half time. These are our two. We should talk about that opening, actually. Yeah, yeah, because it was it was pretty wild, wasn't it? Like, not again. Yeah, I mean, it, it took a while to get going. This one, didn't it? Really, three minutes. Mm. I think it was was it in the first minute the other night. The other yeah, day? it was. We scored after thirty seconds, and then it was offside. Yeah. They scored before the minute was the first minute was up. I was yawning through that opening two minutes. <laughs> Pathetic, boring. <laughs> <laughs> I need a hit. I need a fix. But then uh, the big giant wingers we have. Yeah. Uh, Towering headers. We should just on the, uh, the start of this show uh, say hi to our TSB Plus members. Thank you for joining us on the stream. Um, priority access to the match ball. If you're a TSB Plus member, thank you. Um, I have uh, do have a 
a Ramon style Yorkshire t-shirt on, mm. which has been picked up by Brian, which is available at the Square Bolt on that. I should say that if you want to get get some stuff. I am wearing a thermal base layer under it, but I made the mistake on Wednesday of coming in with too many layers on and realizing about 20 minutes into a half an hour broadcast that I was absolutely boiling. Whereas I spent a whole day in a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. No, there was a man, actually when I was walking down Ellen Road back here to the studio afterwards, there was a man in shorts, which I thought was a brave move. Unnecessary, I would say. Mm. On a day like to the that. Anyway, back to the game, to the yeah, to the opening, um, a game that was um, it was entertaining, wasn't it? I I, have, I think I've had, I've had a nice time. Now we've won, I've had a nice time. Much better than the shite we had to watch in the Premier League, wasn't it? I know oh, we had, God, we had, yeah. Imagine we had a Premier League referee today in Darren England, didn't we? What do you think of him? <laughs> Um, it's it's weird that he's given us a penalty and sent one of their players off and I still think he was awful he just it was the fact that he refused to book their left back at all was really upsetting me because there were he was one of them um, and then there was another one in the first half where people just pulled us back when we were breaking and he refused to book us book them for it and then the first time we did it it was the yellow card that upset me yeah he, he did a incredible job of making what was otherwise a very exciting game revolve around him for quite a lot of it mm. which I um, objected to and Jorginho Rutter's yellow card was probably a good indication because Rutter got fouled and he stood up and turned around as if he was like looking for the person who'd done it but he wasn't going to do anything he was just obviously was like I'm really annoyed that I just got kicked who was that and then was probably going to say oh don't do that but the referee was all like hey hey guys don't start any fights he was like <laughs> running over to him to stop him from punching anybody and obviously he wasn't going to and then a few, like two minutes later, Rutter committed a foul and the referee was like, too much aggression from you, young man. Mm. And a yellow card came out. And I think it was all just, I, it, I mean, Darren England's just rubbish, isn't he? <laughs> and he's just is, a bad referee. Can we just, uh, are we any just, level. Just assessing that he is from Barnsley, but he's a scum. Is he scum bastard, are we saying? Uh, apparently he is, yeah. Right. yeah. This has been confirmed by people who know him. Right. Yeah, it's just not, not very good at the let's old just, referees. Let's assume so. it's true. A despicable man. <laughs> Boy, at least have the decency to support Barnsley if you're from there. Yes. Yes, but um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, now now we're past the finish line. I did enjoy that. I, re- I also enjoyed as well aspects of like the game management that we indulged in after they got sent off because I, I was a little bit, oh, this could go either way still when it was 11 versus 11. But after the red card, I noticed that we were just sort of stroking the ball around quite a lot. My favourite bit of game management was in the 94th minute where we had a goal kick <laughs> and Rodon marched over to Melia and went, in the corner, in the corner. <laughs> Do not pass it to me, you fucking idiot bang it into that corner and then he actually put it into the middle uh, which wasn't great but um, that, I, I did enjoy it he got really cross a few times in Broden there's one point I thought he'd pulled his hamstring but he was just jumping up and down yelling at people because <laughs> he was running up the pitch and I, 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 he kind of caught my eye because he was he was doing this gallop and you know in that way that when someone pulls up when they've they felt the hamstring go and they've been sprinting I thought he'd done that but he was just really really cross with someone was it Sergio Ramos who just got um, sent off for doing that I don't know. I think there's definitely a player, there's a clip that was doing the round somewhere on the socials. Yeah, somebody, because it's one of those things where you pretend you've, you've injured yourself mm. when you're running along as part of a celebration. But I don't know if he did it on the, on the actual pitch. But he was already on a yellow and got sent off for it. Either way, it's a prick, isn't it, Sergio Ramos? So, but anyway, that's nothing to do with Legion United, is it? Um, where do you want to go with this one then? Early start, that was exciting. Mentioned that. Mm. Scored. We didn't really go into it in any great detail. Well, should we talk about the goals then? <clears throat> yes. I've forgotten the order of the goals um, because it, it's just caught me on the hop again. All very thrilling. It was uh, Dan James with a, a towering header and ah, then it was yes. Crescencio Somerville. With a towering header. With a towering header. Both from, I think the crucial thing, we've discovered the key to um, getting the best out of our uh, big forwards aerial prowess is a mm. deflected cross. That's what does it. Both crosses were deflected 
and um, Middlesbrough's defenders were pathetic. That's what helped. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, so a couple of um, headers and that sorted out conceding so badly so early. Um, and that's good. I think we should be in the lead more. I mean, even <laughs> even the goal, like what, three, four minutes in, whenever it was when we scored, even in the build-up to that, we should have scored twice, shouldn't we? Because there was... Did this? Am I right in thinking this started with Dan James running through? He chipped it over the keeper. It got cleared. Then Rutter got it and had a shot that was saved. Yep. Then it ended up getting crossed in, and we did score. Yeah, and it was just like chance after chance within twenty seconds, That's ten a, seconds. Yeah, we, could have, a, we could have bagged the load, couldn't we? Again today. Yeah, it was, it was quite a weird little attempt to score that from Dan James, where it was kind of it was a good chip over the goalkeeper, but also probably he probably would have scored if he just wellied it. Mm. Um, so that game but then it made it more interesting maybe he did just maybe dad a bet I want to score with a header and so that is what I'm going to do and yeah it was um, it was good play from Byram who uh, got the ball recycled it um, like a one ball to refer back to something we were talking about earlier in the week and yeah got down the, the outside of them and the cross deflected off whoever was marking him uh, Borough probably would have um, stayed one nil up if they hadn't tried to stop that cross and then the cross for Crescencios as well because they were both went from being whatever the ball was going to do on its uh, desired trajectory to looping and then they couldn't deal with the looping which is the disease that kills rabbits mm. Mm. and also so. a also a professor in the Harry Potter films there you go yeah um, yeah we've got some of the comments dripping through actually from the post-match uh, Michael Carrick's up first saying where'd you start really disappointed is my overriding feeling with the result they've got top individuals in this league you feel like we gave as good as we got is that a fair comment? Yeah, they were good. They looked dangerous. Yeah. They really did look dangerous every time they went forward. Yeah. I was reminded at halftime thinking about that mad 4-6 Preston defeat and I was thinking it could still turn into that because I, it's so incredibly open. That's exactly what I messaged Phil. At, um, I, I actually messaged him on 10 minutes knowing I wouldn't get one on 20 minutes. I just messaged him saying 10 minute text, you know, subverting the genre and all that and just said... Which Phil ignored anyway, so... He didn't, he actually replied to me. Did he? Okay. And he's just messaged me now at full time. Oh, Unsoli okay. Unsolicited for once. <laughs> I've got a new, new friend in the media. Um, anyway, and just said to him, this could end up 6-5, this. Mm. It, did, it did feel like it was just out of control. <laughs> they were playing... We were playing in similar-ish kind of styles in a way, weren't we? We both were playing out from the back and doing some really risky stuff. I actually thought we, at some point, would score from them doing that because they didn't seem 100% sure about it. And then when, I mean, what did help actually is McNair went off injured, didn't he? And they had to bring that um, bold fraud on. And sure enough, within a minute, two minutes, he'd managed to give away a penalty and get yep. booked. So that was good. Just to round off that comment, I didn't actually say the last sentence of what um, Carrick said in this particular, well, to Phil's tweet. Uh, we feel like we've let one slip, which you can understand from their perspective because they they offered, I think that's the most threat I think we've faced probably from a side all season, give or take. There's maybe some other ones up there, but mm. they were they did they did look dangerous on the break. But then so did we. And I think them being so uh, passy and expansive and trying to attack us left a lot of gaps for us to play in as well. Yeah, I think it's twice in a week. Swansea were trying to play out from the back as well. And there's probably a lesson there where you really need your defenders to be really good at it. And I don't think either Swansea or Middlesbrough are quite... It's kind of... It made me think we were joking earlier in the season about Neil Warnock ending up going into Borough and saying, oh, Carrick's... He's trying to get him playing like champions. He can't do that at this level. And not with these players. Just going to tell them to bang it forward. And I was thinking, watching them kind of struggling with the passing at the back sometimes, maybe our imagined Warnock was right, that they, they would be happier. Boss, can we not just belt it down the field? Whereas uh, Melier seems to have 
uh, perfected the art of giving us heart attacks, but actually then playing really good passes. Um, there was there was one in particular where he, he passed it across the goal line, more or less, and the Middlesbrough player toe was about an inch from it. Yep. Wasn't a big fan of that one. There was an interesting move from their number 25 as well. He was, uh, was a big lad, wasn't he? Yeah, he tried um, early in the match, he tried off the ball just running into Pascal Strauch and trying to push him over, which was an interesting um, move. And then he um, he was starting to, oh yeah, he was doing a bit of kind of kicking the ball away at free kicks and stuff. So I was watching him and he tried to um, intercept one of Melier's square passes by um, throwing himself at Melier's feet head first. Mm. Which was pretty good, and I was quite impressed that that was his um, idea of dealing with that. But yeah, they uh, they were making some problems for themselves at the back. But then, yeah, going forward, their number eleven um, seemed to be making Sam Byram quite upset. I couldn't work out if Byram was having a bad game or he'd been kind of been given bad instructions because that number eleven just kept getting the ball in like a the kind of level of space that Rasmus Christiansen mm. used to give to wingers. And Byron was usually getting over there and sorting out, but was also beaten probably more times than I've seen him be beaten this season by a winger who I didn't actually think looked that good. He just seemed to um, have Byron uh, a little bit sorted out and then Sam wasn't there for the... We'd need to see the replay on the goal as to whether it was his uh, man on the header from the corner that they scored. And what else? See if there's anything else we can blame Sam Byron for because you know he's old enough; he'll take it. He won't mind. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought he was a little bit under par at times, maybe. But um, I, thought was really, I thought he was really good at points. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, I thought everybody was, but there were certain moments where you kind of just you know it was sucking your air in through your teeth, thinking we're, we look a little bit just getting pulled out of shape mm. at times. But then, like I said to, to you there, Moscow before, I think them being so attacking and pushing their wingers so high onto our fullbacks then gave us lots of space to play in as well, and it had that. I thought, uh, both, yeah. I thought the, both. The, the, the cliche is basketball match, isn't it? I thought both fullbacks were excellent going forward, but yeah, defensively it was a bit stretched at times. I think we're because we're asking him to get forward so much as well. If you if you're constantly having to like yeah. leg it leg it back, it does make it difficult. Yeah, you could, you're going to get caught out of position. Is is the risk, and, risk versus rewards? So. We should probably talk about Archie on the other side as well because he's just so good. Yeah. But like he's not even in his right position. But mm. there were bits in that. Where... Although we're you, were you not marginally a bit worried about him early doors. He was because he was getting because both yeah. fullbacks were getting um, exposed a little bit. But, but having watched Rasmus Christensen for a season, yeah, yeah. seeing a right back with that amount of composure, he's just a treat. Like just being able to see him and go, all right, he'll, he's going to do the right thing here. There was a bit about fifteen minutes in. It wasn't. It's not even much of a thing really. But he just had it over on the over on the right, and he was boxed in a little bit. The players <laughs> around him and. Ampadu was went and sort of moved behind him up the line, saying, "Was just saying, give it to me here," which he could really easily have done. But he went, "No, I'm going to turn and I'm going to run." And it was just like didn't do the easy thing, yeah. but did the right thing. He got was... caught out once doing it, didn't he? I think um, caught in possession. But again, to have the confidence to do that, can't fault it at all. Yeah. There's so many good bits of it. There's like, bits where he's taking it past people. He hit a really nice crossfield ball after one of them. There was a spell about half an hour in where he had three golden minutes. Mm. Just kept doing good thing after good thing after good thing. And the first thing he did was um, kind of shows his intelligence as well, where there was an opportunity to just balls this roll. He was facing Melier and he just gave a little swivel of the hips, turned, mm. played the ball down the line, and suddenly we were on the attack when there had been absolutely no sign of anything particularly developing. It sent all the middles for players scampering backwards. And yeah, he had seen uh, the game um, but from the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> just knew knew what to do in that situation that would change the whole kind of 
um, balance of what the moment was, and um, he's 17. You, it's you, ridiculous. You're right about it. He's, he's golden minutes, if you want to watch it back on the full game. Start at 27, because my, my notes are in, in a row. Superb turn from Archie, then 29. Amazing Archie again in the northeast corner, then below that just says, Archie Gray's taking the piss, which I think was the bit the turn and run out of defence. Yeah, he's just so. great. He's just fun. To, there's so much fun in this side, and that's what I didn't like about Darren England's performance today. He, when he booked Georgie in your router, it's because he's against fun. Mm-hmm. He, he hates did, fun. Uh, he did give us a penalty, though. That was fun. Yeah, but... I, and, we, I, and we scored it. We scored a score a penalty. I'm talking about the bits that I don't agree with Moscow. Okay. And they're the important ones when it comes to referees. Mm-hmm. Not, yes. the, not the good stuff that they do for us. And um, there was actually, just in terms of the, like, the shape of the balance of the game, there was a point at which, I don't know if you caught this one, I think it was in the first half, yeah, because we were, we were attacking the cop end. And Crescencio Somerville had five Borough players around him at one point. And I thought, we're going to win this because they're leaving so many mm. patches of space around um, other parts of the pitch. And if we can work it out of these little tight areas, then we're going to have overloads and um, free men and stuff like that. I think, actually, I don't know if that was the chance we scored from or if it was just after that, but I thought, huh, I was right. <laughs> we, so and it's important to be right. It, yeah, yeah, that's the main thing. That's the main thing. That's why I've been so pleased over the years when I keep saying we're shit and we are. <laughs> been secretly delighted to be watching dreadful football. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Some of it was great again, though, I thought. He's just impossible for most teams to handle in this league um, and Ruter is sometimes he had a strange game I thought his, his finishing's abysmal isn't it but it's just such a joy to watch everything mm. up to the finish is great mm. he had one that he hit far too hard and then a couple that he really scuffed um, when he had decent chances but. was the one that was far too hard the one that went into the cheese wedge yes that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, that was so it was very very wild oh, I, that's think, um, I think he just got bored because that was when they'd gone down to 10 and we were basically penned them in. There was some golden moments where 
Um, everybody except Melier is in Middlesbrough's defensive third. It's a good place for us all to be, but we weren't, and we were actually making a few sort of half chances, but nothing clean because everybody was back. And that lasted for a good three or four minutes. And you think this is great. And then, yeah, Rutter, I think, just had enough of it. He's like, <laughs> we're not getting anywhere like this. So I'm going to try and hit, um, see if I can get this on beast now. Yeah. He, he gave it a good go. Yeah, exactly. It was aiming for the football pitch up the hill, not the one at Ellen Road. Um, just to tie off the um, the thought about Phil not texting me, mm. just want to draw your attention to this, that we last exchanged messages at five to four, so that would be uh, during half time. I think I think it was a string of messages for me that were in green saying, please reply, please reply, mm. come on, don't keep ignoring me, this isn't fair. Um, and then at 5.30 unsolicited, Phil replied, um, good win that one, they're pretty handy. Mm. So you can look forward to that. There's, there's an exclusive for you, that's what will be in his match report on The Athletic. They're handy. They're handy. They were they were good, I thought. I mm-hmm. so. Well, let's talk. We should talk about the penalty because we scored a penalty, and penalties are nice when they go in. When did we last score one? I was trying to think of this. When Patrick Bamford didn't take it, probably. Was it Rodrigo last scored one? Do you know what? I'll, I'll bloody tell you because I know that the fantastic LUFC data has this does, on yes. the website. So um, yeah, Piru, yeah. At no point did I think oh, he's going to miss this. Whereas if Pat had picked that up, I'd have shit my pants. There were, there were chance for Pat Bamford in the cop when the penalty was given, which was a little bit unfair. Right. But um, I think it was a penalty. Did you have a little telly? No, I've not seen it back either, but it didn't seem to create much argument. And um, yeah, and there's always kind of a, because it's the player who just come on, um, mm. who is called... Clark. Yeah, is he ex-Bristol or something? He feels like he's one of those guys that's been, he's like a very, um, I mean, you could say the same about Paddy McNair. It's like very championshipy mm. kind of guy to be coming on. Um and yeah, for him to just go like straight through whoever it was. Was it Ruta? Yes. Um, actually, did he go straight through him or did it, was it like a little crappy trip? It well, I just mean for him to, to yeah. foul him straight yeah. away. Feels like, yeah, he probably did. Mm. On the balance of um, like things I'm making up in my mind, I mm. feel like that's how, how I'm imagining this is how it probably would have happened. And then... <laughs> things I think I saw. Uh, Joel Piru, good penalty. He was, he took mm. it well, Just smash it? it into the corner too hard for the goalkeeper to save and that uh, did a really good job of scoring. Mm. Yeah, so penalties. To answer your question, the last penalty we scored was uh, Rodrigo scoring against Bournemouth at home, um, which was the 5th of November last year. So more than a year since we scored a penalty. And I've got to wonder if the last penalty scored by, I'm now trying to think about the Maritimo shootouts in 1997, um, if the last penalty scored by a bleach blonde player was Lee Sharp in that shootout, perhaps. If there's a little glimmer of next time Pat is on the pitch. That's Johnny Cooper's domain. Yeah, he I don't think he have, have hair stats. No, but Johnny Cooper does. His hair he'll, stats. He'll go rogue. <laughs> okay. He'll go rogue. He'll, he'll operate outside the Opta umbrella, do what mm. he wants to do, spit out some facts. Should we talk about the hair? Because the hair was a talking point. Um, it has been asked, people are asking in the comments, who is the the likeliest of the three of us to do the Pat Bamford. I feel Michael's probably an, an outsider at this point. Yeah. I did dye my own hair. I say blonde. It was more like kind of orangey, dirty, horrible mess you um, used when, to have, when I was 19. You used to have tips done as well, like a like a sort of proper 2000s DJ would. Yeah. So what? No, it's a good, strong look. What were you doing with yours in the 2000s? Um, I had it about grade three and then... Yeah, I shaved it all off completely. <laughs> yeah, I've always been a very basic haircut man from about fifteen on. What's the most expensive haircut you've paid for? Um, <laughs> you know, this is this is how little uh, experience I have. I don't think 
I ever paid for my own hair because I think I was a child and my mum paid for it. And then I think oh, your mum did it. And then I think I started cutting it myself when I was like fifteen. You did it, you, in your childhood photos. You got a fairly sensational bowl cut. Yeah. Yeah, that, no, that, that, that looks like Mama Norman. That was a professional <laughs> did that to me. Could, you, could do this, please? So the photo from, was it Dumb and Dumber? I don't think it was hugely expensive. <laughs> but to answer your question, it's Moscow is the most likely, because he has the one who, who most physically closely resembles Patrick Bamford. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Not possible well, sense. he's sort of taller. We're, we're both big, tough, rugged fellas. He's tall, and, yeah. tall, and wi- tall and wiry. Yeah, yeah it was confusing true. when he was coming on, though, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a general uh, sort of bubbling sentiment of, who's that blonde lad? It's like, oh, he's... Oh, it's Pat Bamford. Yeah, it's like, is that Helder? Is it Joseph? Is yeah, it, he yeah, can't be Pat Bamford. Yeah, because yeah, Joseph has been played with the time, but I don't look like Joseph. He's taller than Joseph. Mm. Yeah. Strange. But yeah. Yeah, maybe... He nearly scored, actually, didn't he, Bamford? Mm, he did. Did he? It... He looked like he got a header from a corner. That... Oh, he was at the far yes, end. Yes, he did. He was at yeah. the far end to me. So In fact, it was really, really good. He, uh, It was great movement to the front part. He was offside when uh, Nyonto was about to take it, and as Nyonto ran up to take it, he makes a really good run to the front to the front post, but away from it, out running away from the six yard box, um, perfectly to where Nyonto was putting the cross, and it's a good header um, on target at the front post that gets saved. And then I'm not sure who had the rebound, but somebody hit it straight at the keeper. There was another chance there, so um, yeah, Pat was good. He didn't get much. I watched him a little bit because I was just trying to work out what the hell he'd done to his hair, um, <laughs> and yeah, he was doing a lot of because we'd kind of. Because after we'd gone, they'd gone down to 10 and we were dominating so much trying to score. But then the biggest opportunity probably of the last few minutes was when Glenn Kamara um, dummied and Middlesbrough then hit the post and it was cleared off the line and the, all that chaos happened because, um, yeah, old uh, Glenda did a, a dummy in their penalty area and it didn't work. And then after that, I think there was a message I noticed um, Farco pulled Archie Gray over and was kind of pointing it in a kind of just stay back kind of mm. way um, so almost there was an element of bringing Pat Bamford on with less expectation that we would be trying to score and so he spent most of his time on the pitch kind of trying to run off the shoulder of the defenders while um, Roden or Strauk or Ampadu just squared it to each other and, <laughs> and he just then had to do it again and do it again do I, it again. So. I enjoyed Roden today talking to him and talking of Archie got involved in some fisticuffs well a bit of shopping well that other bloke should be done for assault on a minor yeah, I'd say so. Well, he should have been booked because he did he did pull back Dan James in a really blatant way. But I think the ref was just like, oh, it's too early. I'm not booking anyone yet. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, he was... Um, he was so good today. He's fantastic, isn't he? He's a great I, player. I don't even know if he's worthy of man of the match, but I, he did so many bits that I enjoyed and the whole time just going, God, he's young. Mm. And look what he's doing. I, I'm just... I'm taking so many joyful moments out of this season. I am genuinely trying to enjoy it on its own merits. Mm. I was chatting to a bloke who sits near me saying this. Because my dad bailed out on an incredible 55 minutes today. He goes early for most games. 55 minutes. Spent two hours driving over from Bridlington to come and watch the game and left on 55 minutes. Except he went downstairs and bumped into one of his mates and he was still talking to him um, 10 minutes from uh, from full time. So, just chatting to his mate downstairs. I can't get my head around leaving at 55 minutes. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe at like 5-0 down. Yeah. He could. Speaking of which, uh, Hecky, is he still is he still with a job oh, at we the minute? Blame them on the, on the red card, surely, no? Well, trying to play a centre-off, should you? No. I've yeah, not looked bit. at the other scores today. I know Ipswich and Leicester both won, and yeah, Leicester in slightly yeah. frustrating fashion oh. with a last-minute goal. We've got the uh, Euro 2024 draws have been made for the group stage. Oh, there you go. Nothing to do with Leeds, but we'll come to that in a minute. Um, yeah, the scores were kind of all as you'd expect today, weren't they? Um, 
apart from Sheffield Wednesday winning. But yeah, who did they beat? Blackburn. Yeah, the chumps. Hot streak. Um, but yeah, around there was just everyone won. It's really started to take shape now. The league hasn't it? It feels like there's a, a clear top four. I mean, West Brom's still up there, aren't they? But it feels like the top four now will probably be the top four. Yeah, come well, the end of the season. What's the gap now? Is it six points or something? Yeah. Um, five. Fight Southampton are five clear of West Brom in fifth, but it's yeah, it's it's split off now a bit. Um, the draw for the Euros, I'll quickly run that through that because we've mentioned it. Germany, Hungary, Scotland, Switzerland. So Liam Cooper could be in that. Uh, Spain, Albania, Croatia, Italy. We've got England, Denmark, Slovenia, Serbia. Well, that's an easy group. France, Austria, Netherlands, and then one of the playoff winners, which will be Poland, Estonia, Wales, or Finland. And then uh, Belgium, Romania, Slovakia, another playoff winner, which will be Israel, Iceland, Bosnia, Herzegovina, or Ukraine against Portugal, Turkey, Czech Republic, and another playoff winner, which will be Georgia, Luxembourg, Greece, or Kazakhstan. So there you go. Hmm. Um, there you go. But we've got to get promoted before that, haven't we? Uh, we need to give a mention to Johnny Brown's lad, Alfie, as well, who um, he's now gone to 28 games live in person, and um, we are undefeated. That is good going. You know, you always wonder, don't you, if you're the curse or the lucky talisman or mm. whatever, and we found it in, um, in Alfie. Must protect that boy at all I costs, like, like, like Archie. three games I went to, we didn't lose, and I was <laughs> like, oh, I'm never going to lose then just did but then again you know that just to bring it back to this season and the current and the here and now it does feel a bit like that this season doesn't it we go into every game now thinking yeah we, we're probably going to win this mm. well, we've, it, got, we've got lots of players who are as good as anyone in this division which we certainly didn't have in the Premier League you looked at our starting lineup and their starting lineup last year and you were like oh okay I'd probably take somewhere between 8 and 11 of their players in our team it's funny that we've given teams goal starts twice in a week as well mm. and then come back and won anyway is it, which I don't see Leicester went ahead first and then it was an equaliser and then they won it after that didn't they so they're not doing that mm. we should get more points because mm. we're giving we've given who did we play on Swansea and today was no idea Middlesbrough <laughs> we've given Swansea and Middlesbrough like big better chances to win although did Borough beat Leicester anywho we're giving them chances that other teams are not so in the spirit of fairness um, like we should have more points or maybe some, like, I don't know, tickets to Flamingo Land or something. Interesting to read Farker's comments from the post-match. Uh, suggested that his players might have got a little bit overexcited at times, meaning that they, they allowed Borough too many chances. He said he was both happy and angry at half-time, but very pleased with how his side managed the second half. Mm. I yeah. can see what that would be the case. Yeah. I'm sure the way we were still bombing forward with, with minutes to go till half-time, it doesn't make you think just... Just keep it calm. Yeah. Get in there, get in there three one up. It's a it's a good half. It's the one thing that people always wished for when Bielsa's football was here, wasn't it? Mm. Like sometimes just be sensible, put your foot on it and control the game. But I mean but, but that was thrilling in its own right as well. I was well, gonna just... say, but to contrast that, it's so much better than last year, isn't it? Christ. God, yeah. I'm I'm having I'm having a really nice time just enjoying seeing how the season unfolds. Mm. As the jeopardy increases as it goes on, it's gonna probably gnaw away at my soul, which it always does. But um I'm just I'm trying to take I'm be listening to Moscow over the last two seasons he's encouraged us to enjoy the football more and I genuinely am are you enjoying it Moscow? yeah yeah absolutely good if we won 3-2 every week but I mean the implication there is that I was also enjoying like Jesse Marsh's um, season which is more of kind of not letting it grind me down (laughs) Um, so it's a slight uh, different thing but yeah even um, I'm kind of you know I'm not serious that we should get more points for giving teams um, a goal advantage but it does say a lot that that does, that is not affecting my um, feeling about whether we're going to win or not. It's just the daft thing that we keep doing at the start of games mm. and singing. And, you know, Rotherham was kind of annoying 
Um, and we're probably more annoying since we've ticked off two more wins since. Um, what was my point about that? But it's not um, It's not kind of out of keeping. We're, it's funny. We're probably having a better time than Leicester because their fans seem dead miserable mm-hmm. even though they're waltzing away at the top of the table. They don't like the football that they're playing. We're, they're not um, scoring as freely as we are. They're not creating chances. I spent a little bit of time after the uh, Swansea game looking at XG just to see what was happening with Leicester and how their possession is high but their XG is small so that tells me without even having to watch a single minute of them play that they're passing the ball around a lot but not having many chances and that sort of tallies in with what the Leicester fans are saying that they're all a bit bored by what's happening whereas I don't think there is a single Leeds fan who is bored by the football that we're playing and we're consistently um, getting I can't remember what our XG is but it's always like over one 3.35 today today yeah and we scored so we underperformed but we're always um, creating a lot of Mm. XG or not was creating a lot of chances in every single game so we're using the possession that we have there are bits I have I I go both ways in Farkas football because there are spells particularly after it was after we took the lead at Rotherham where we didn't have a shot for 20 minutes and we just had the ball where I was like we are a bit too patient at times but then also we do have those players who will just go absolutely crazy with it and it's a lot more fun than the alternatives. Well, Farker has mentioned in his post-match the, he's addressed the style of football. Um, just following up on the pleased and angry at half-time um, comments, I could see why sometimes we were driven by our emotion. We played with too many transition moments but it's also a side of my team that I love rather than playing um, like football with sleeping pills. It's <laughs> a nice way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah, that's something else that, uh, no, I won't say. I was thinking, <laughs> thinking about him on the sofa is like, normally he's coffee and maybe he's going to like switch to sleeping pills or something, but... What is cake? Um, yeah, just use something um, like natural herbal. Now it sounds like he's going to be smoking um, things. Anyway, <laughs> whatever uh, Daniel Farker does whatever on his sofa... Whatever point is that you make. <laughs> yeah, his sofa, his business, his life, and he's, uh, he's all right, isn't he? Quite like Daniel Farker. Yeah, he's great. And we're winning all these games of football and him coming out and talking about coffee and pills and cake and sofas. And hash. And unbelievable hardness. Mm. Bogs back in stock. Uh, (laughs) I think the nice thing with this year is we're not ever getting stuck in a rut either. We've had some bad results or like Rotherham, not necessarily bad, but a bit disappointing. But every time it feels like we follow them up by just winning some games, like lost at Southampton, won a few, lost at Stoke, won a few, drew at Rotherham, won two. Yeah, two since then. If we can just keep doing that, it's it's more than enough. The home it, it, record is also ridiculous. Mm. It hadn't really sunk in again as I was sort of taking stock of things this week. That's now... So we drew the first three and then we've won seven in a row. Mm. What is going on? It's good though, isn't like, it? It just feels so good. Uh, long since we've had that two seasons of feeling like we're just going to get beaten all the time. Well, it was a season and a half because I guess the start of, the, of Bielsa's last one, we were all just like, oh, you know, that's come results just a blip. And that's that's just a blip. So there was still the optimism that it would come good before the, the true uh, depression set in. Um, but yeah, and to, to get to that, I suppose those first three games, the Sheffield Wednesday one in particular, when it was nil-nil, and we had that feeling, of, oh, we've squandered something there, and are these players ever going to score? And I was, there's stuff like that as well with, um, I was thinking about it with Melier and how much better him and Strauch and Roden and Ampadu and everyone were at playing out from the back than Swansea Middlesbrough looked is that practice Melier is sped up I think 
there was the frustration at the start of the season where he's spending ages with his foot on the ball looking for a pass. Whereas now, he's more used to what the players are going to do and what Farker wants him to do. So it's going faster because everybody's just more used to it. So the, the practice is setting in. And it's the same the other way. I was thinking the Sheffield Wednesday game when there was all that clumness and it was like, it just looked like four players, Somerville, Russo and everybody else, who'd not really played much football, not played together very often, not knowing what anybody else is going to do and so not knowing what to do. Whereas now we're starting to get into the the swing of things where they are more used to um, anticipating each other's movements and runs and ideas and it's working. And so mm. those first three yeah. those first three home draws were much better than getting beaten 4-0 by uh, Tottenham Hotspur with Sam Allardyce um, chewing gum on the sidelines. And then since then, just win, 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 win. And I think we're going to win every game at home for the rest of the season. We have won nine games. And then all the away ones I've just well. totted it up. We've won nine out of 12 games. Nine out of the last 12, mm. which ain't, ain't half bad. We've hit, we've hit two points per game. Yes. As of today as well, haven't we? 38 from 19. Give in, us the trophy now. Interesting test then coming up at Blackburn. We will be in the um, fruit salad kit. Mm. So can we finally exercise the ghost of, of the non-white kits? I mean, they've lost to Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. And then I, th- I think we should be allowed to go back and replay that Sheffield Wednesday game. <laughs> and then it's Black... Uh, sorry, and the Birmingham one as well. We weren't yeah. ready. Yeah, it's true. And, and Cardiff. Cardiff th- as well on the opening day. That wasn't fair. And this is the point. We're giving teams a goal start and yet nobody will go back and say, well, you didn't really have your squad together at that point, did mm. you? Um, we, and it was uh, Birmingham where Wilf wouldn't get on the bus and all mm. that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we definitely weren't ready. Whereas... We're still not ready for the first five minutes of a game. Um, so I think the Football League needs to take that into consideration and maybe give us better referees. That would be something they could do for us. That would mm. be nice. So we've got two games coming up in non-white kits next. So the Blackburn game will be in the third and then Sunderland game presumably in blue. So it's time to it's time to put that one to bed, isn't it? And Sunderland win. feel like they've hit a bit of a, a blip, haven't they? In recent weeks, they do. I know they were doing quite well. They've drawn at Millwall in today but they've lost to Huddersfield and Plymouth the two games before it just goes to show that doesn't it it reinforces the idea that you just need to keep winning and you so you understand why when Farker rolls the dice and sticks on like five attackers or whatever that you might as well because mm. wins will get you promoted and in they're, this all, division. they're all worthwhile attackers as well it's not like we're chucking on Edgar Charney and Habib Habibu and going oh well maybe we'll score mm. Anthony and um, Nonto and people like that they're, they're good really good yeah. really really good attack they'd be in pretty much every team in this league yeah and yeah. we have them on the bench because we're ace. Yeah, so that leaves us in third position then, 38 points, two points per game, as you mentioned, Michael, which is the crucial mark. And as we've said, Ipswich and Leicester just need to grow up now, don't they, and stop it. <laughs> it's, but, in, it's an interesting shape at the top of the league because you do essentially have the people who've come down with a load of Premier League players and then in Ipswich and West Brom, who are the other two up there, teams who are consistent, have been put together and playing together for a while. Mm. So that's not fair because like Moscow was saying we've, we've had to do this <laughs> we've had to do this really last minute yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and we should just be allowed to go up yeah there is that keeps good because Carrick said it again that Leeds are kind of um, there's a lot of Premier League quality in that squad and a lot of Premier League players but I mean Rodon wasn't it's not like we kept Rodon we've loaned him and had to work out what he is and then Strauk and Melier at the end of last season you wouldn't have looked at them and gone stars of the Premier League mm. um, and then Peru has never played in the Premier League, bought him from Swansea. Mm-hmm. And then I think the Sheffield Wednesday game, I did some mathematics, which is never a good starting point, but at how many top flight minutes Somerville, Rutter, and um, who else was in the team? Nyonto had actually played. 
and they're really inexperienced. Mm. Um, Somerville had most of Somerville's top flight, well, most of his experience was playing as a 16-year-old in Eredivisie 2 and then 1, um, and then coming towards 18, so there were, I mean, that's essentially neither here nor there when it comes to him being a 21-year-old player in the championship. But they look at him and, oh, that guy's got Premier League quality, but he well, he was only coming off the bench for us mm. um, and showing flashes and moments. Playing every single game of a 46-game season is a very different thing. So the players have had to, are stepping up. It's not that we've got a team like Leicester where it's Jamie Vardy and it's Harry Winks and players who are stepping down. I can't really think of anybody in our team who at the start of the season you'd think, yeah, they're definitely going to be too good for this division. They've all had to kind of start again. And, yeah. and prove themselves. Byram, maybe. He's like proper Premier League. It sort of is, but has been injured so much, yeah. it barely counts. So that's kind of joking. But he just, think, no, but he just has that little... But he, is, but he is of the quality of yeah. that. He's, he's just got that little bit of extra, hasn't he, that, yeah. that you don't see in a lot of players. In this. The, uh, and the little partnerships that are starting to form in the team yeah. as well, now they're, now they're developing as well. Like You see the way that... I thought James and Gray linked up really nicely on the right-hand side today, and just the fact that Somerville and... Rutter are kind of getting to know where each other are going to be and it's, it's, it is coming together. It's ruddy bloody nice, isn't it? I just need to address um, a comment that Jim sent in where I just mentioned that wins get you promotion. What I mean is that... It's find, true, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is great, which is yes, genuinely... Fin- finishing top of the league is usually... If you yeah. finish in the top two... Come to me if you need any more advice. you got advice, a third option. Any more life. But what I meant was, as opposed to draws, um, so you could see the situations like at Rotherham where you just chucked everyone on to, to try mm-hmm. and get the win, is that I think it was even one. I'm channeling Warnock now and saying it was... Um, Warnock who advocated for going for wins because wins will get you promoted versus draws. Draws is what kills promotion. That famously attacking-minded manager. Mm. Mm. But he was always prone to sticking on one of his boys, wasn't he? Um, any final thoughts then as we uh, as we wrap this one up? It was nice to see Johnny Housen again, that was mentioned. I thought he was decent, actually. He's Housen. a good player. He's always been a good player. Mm. Mm. Playing a bit deeper than he used to for us, wasn't he? He's, he's sort of dropped. He's 35. I know he's dropped back and he's just dictating things. Carl Schutt ended up as a sweeper. <laughs> Did he? Where was that? Yeah, I think Kidderminster. He was player manager. So Carl Schutt himself as sweeper. He's still working in a travel agent in the um, in Meadowhall. Hope so. Yeah. For his sake, yeah. if he's still in work. Yeah, the industry has very much moved online though in recent years. So let's just hope he's still in, in gameful employment. Maybe he's got more of like a uh, managerial role. He's worked himself up to um, overseeing that Tri- kind trips of to Barcelona. He's in charge of now. That's what it is. Hey, maybe he's. A, it could be. A, I suppose. What's the equivalent of a sweeper if you're working at a travel agency? So that's what that's something for us all to think about later. There's your homework. Right, um, we will wrap it up there and um, just say this forthcoming week, we're going to be in with Phil on Monday to do the usual stuff there. We are then heading off to, on a train, a train to London mm-hmm. to go... To find fortune. Yep, to try and find our fortune. If we don't come back, we've found it. No, we're going I'm to... I'm happy the... to make it as a model down there. We're, um... I've got some experience now, mm-hmm. I? I'm just going to go knock on the doors of some of the big agencies. We'll get some, borrow some of Pat Bamford's peroxide. Uh, so yeah, we're... At, we're at the bleach my head. <laughs> Don't bleach your head. You can see very clearly. Um, it's a bit of paint. Yes, um, we're going to the FSA Awards on Monday, so wish us luck with that. Thank you if you voted for us in that, uh, the uh, Club Podcast of the Year category. Hopefully we'll bring bring home the bacon, um, which means we won't be doing anything on Tuesday because we'll probably be a mess and then on a train home. Mm. Um, but we'll pick it all up. So propaganda. Propaganda. A, a, day like, a day late, like Wednesday or whatever. But um, yeah, if you're a TSB Plus member, get on, give us your scores out of 10 for the players and whatnot. Let us know what you thought of it and we will, uh, we'll catch you next week. See you in a bit. The Match Ball. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.